We don't need a name. We're a team. Your, your name is Team. You're on a tight leash too, bro. Wayne Haskins. Mr. Glass, Carson Wentz, and his offense. Prime time. Damn. Yeah, I love your optimism. I had to get a tall boy for the event. The New York football giants. Deep sleep. Deep, bro. Al Michaels is showing up to work. Nate Solder, get your ass in the building. <laughs> Dude, you should see B. Wills' face right now. He's so giddy. Appreciate being a part of this show, guys. Yes, sir. That was as great as I thought it could be. <laughs> You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I need. I don't see the record. Now I see the recording. Just, <laughs> We're on. Just stop it and start. To the season three premiere of the NFC East Feast. George, I cannot believe this is already the third anniversary of the show. I'm so excited for football, brother. I'm so excited, man. And thank you so much, B. We went through some stuff before we got on the pod here. A lot yes. of software issues. But we are here with an incredible squad and our new partner, John Warman, which I've loved to see because fellow skins slash Washington football slash Commanders fan, I can't be more excited to have you on, John. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys uh, for, for bringing me in this season. Um, you know, I'm excited. I love football, but I definitely love the NFC East. Dude, I'm, I'm watching the pregame to the Bills and the Rams right now. Just the fact that football is back. I know it's like Christmas morning to all of us. Um, if you guys didn't watch any of the offseason episodes, George um, and John both joined me for the, the Commanders and the Giants and the Cowboys team previews. Um, before we kick off um, our season, John, you had a really cool story about the NFC East Feast. I wanted you to please share it with the audience. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like, um, I got a, I got a chance to jump in and do a couple of the off-season episodes with you, like you said, B. And um, luckily, you know, you guys uh, invited me to to keep contributing to the pod. But uh, you guys have been doing this for like two years now, just a testament to y'all's success. Uh, my fraternity brothers, I graduated 12 years ago now from from UCF, and uh, I was randomly talking to a fraternity brother of mine, talking about another friend of ours, and he says. Uh, I'm talking to Shane, catching up, and he's saying he's getting bored. He's looking for a new podcast. So he was searching around on Spotify, and he finds this NFC East dedicated football pod. Now, Shane is also a Commanders fan, lifelong. And uh, he's like, lo and behold, randomly, John Warman gets brought on as one of their (laughs) Commanders fans, like, expert takes. So completely unrelated to you guys. Obviously, I grew up with you guys. We were into high school together. Yeah. But just randomly jumps on a pod and gets uh, and gets a, a couple snippets of me taking my uh, my commander's takes to you guys. Um, I like I said, I think it's a testament to you guys, man. You guys have done such a good job with the uh, with the pod in the last couple of years. It's definitely growing. That's so cool. Appreciate man. it. So cool. Appreciate the kind words, man. We appreciate you too, Shane, and all the listeners out there. We couldn't keep doing the podcast without you guys. Um, Jay Luds will come on later to contribute as always. This is my passion. I, I love doing this. So without further ado, let's talk some football, fellas. That's why we're all here. I want to start it off with two teams that have so much hype. One of them, because they had an amazing offseason. i got to tip my cap to Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. The other one is because they just came off uh, four or five primetime episodes of Hard Knocks. That is the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. 
The Eagles are flying to the Motor City, so they're starting on the road. But they are the favorites in this game, and I think for good reason, guys. Let's be honest. When you have an offseason where you trade for A.J. Brown, a premier wide receiver in this league, you give Jalen Hurts a certified number one stud. You can move Devontae Smith to the number two receiver. You still got Dallas Goddard. All the running backs, we got Sanders, we got Gainwell, we got Boston Scott. They have perhaps the number one offensive line in football. They draft Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean from the national championship team um, in Georgia. They get Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, a quality corner from the Saints for nothing like a six-round pick. The Eagles are looking good in this game, and I'm, I'm just going to bury my lead right now and just the Eagles are going to win this football game. I, I'm, I'm feeling confident in Philly. I know Luds will come on and give uh, his prediction later. I believe they're favored by four on the road. But I, I think Philadelphia, with, with all of this momentum they have from the offseason, I don't know if they're going to live up to all of the hype. I, th- I think even Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus predicted Eagles versus Bills in the Super Bowl. I think that may be getting a little too cute. But I love the Eagles in this game. Um, I'm going to go with Philadelphia. We'll say Philly. 28 and i'll say detroit competitive at 20 george uh how about you are you as high on philly as the experts i mean honestly i i I believe the hype um i think the personnel is amazing i think they they added a lot of their missing pieces i still believe in their defense but man i've never seen so much hype for someone in the nfc east i mean i saw some a lot of the guys the experts from pro football focus picking them to be in the super bowl bro yeah Yeah. somebody from the east in the super bowl i mean it'd be it'd be nice to see even as a as a you know as an eagles hater uh, i just i don't see that yet i don't see that out of jalen hurts with a 16 touchdown nine interception year Thank you. i don't see him throwing the ball to aj brown like everyone thinks that he is going to do i think jared goff 19 touchdowns eight picks not Similar. great either i'm just saying this is going to be a bigger battle than a lot of people think i think that detroit if they can run the ball with deandre swift i know all pro frank ragnow is out this week oh. that's that's big for their running game i'm sure uh again aaron glenn looked like to, to struggle in in hard knocks a little bit their defense really struggled against their offense um i mentioned to john just earlier before the pod that's the only question mark I really have with Detroit. I think they're going to be able to throw the ball a little bit uh, and, and score some points. But after it all, I could see Detroit losing this game, but I could see it 20-23, to 23, Philly. Okay. How about you, John? Nice. Yeah, close game. Um, dang, no, I didn't know Frank Ragnow was out. Um, I, I watched all of Hard Knocks, as you guys know, because I just came up with that Aaron Glenn stat pre-show. <laughs> just um, saying, just saying. <laughs> but I, my thing, same with you guys, I'm kind of baffled at, at so much Philly love, and this happened a couple of years ago, right? I mean, it was like four or five years ago where Philly tried to put together a quote-unquote dream team, and yep. it didn't work out. Um, Detroit, statistically, basically had one of the worst defenses in the league last year. I don't think that happens again. Yeah. Jeff Okuda's back. They added Agent, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, who just looks like a beast. Um, if he can live up to what he did in in Michigan, they're gonna they're gonna have themselves a guy. I think Detroit comes off their hard knocks high. They got their hair on fire. They're biting some kneecaps off. Dan Campbell, yes, douche douche. 
I think Amon Ra St. Brown is awesome. I think he takes a step forward and becomes hopefully a number one wide receiver for them. I like TJ Hawkinson a lot. He's back. Um, I'm. I, this might be wishful thinking um, because I also want the Lions to come out a little bit too high and a little flat uh, week two against the Commanders. But I, I think Detroit sneaks this game out, man. I'm taking them to upset the Eagles 21-20. Love and it doesn't it. matter if you have one ash cheek and three toes. Dan Campbell <laughs> is coming after you, is oh, all yeah. I'm saying. Absolutely. I don't think Philly's got either of those two things, but they're ready to play them for sure. And I just, uh, like you guys said, I think the hype is really high on Philly. It might take them some time to click, though. Sure. I, I uh, saw an interview with Dan Campbell where he was asked, the 2022 Detroit Lions are what? And, dude, this guy sat there and stared into the camera for an awkward two to three minutes. And then finally, uh, scratching his goatee, and finally said, the team that can, the team that will. And I think I think he believes that. I do not think it's Absolutely. hype. I think they believe that. You guys highlighted um, John Gray call with the Aiden Hutchinson pick, a, you know, a homegrown Michigan boy. George, you talked about Swift. John, you talked about Hawkinson. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is a PPR machine for my fantasy oh. guys out there. Yeah. I, um, I'm, if you drafted Amon Ross St. Brown – Put him in your flex spot. Start him week one. Um, even though the Philly, Philly does have a very good secondary, but I like I like Amon Ra to get you know six or seven catches. Uh, but that that Detroit receiving core, there's a lot of talent there. They signed DJ Chark over from Jacksonville. He's a baller. And don't forget, guys, halfway through the season, they're going to get Jamison Williams back. Jamison Williams yeah. tore his uh, um, ACL, excuse me, in the national championship. He's a burner from Alabama. So as the year goes on, if Detroit can't get this win like John thinks they will. I believe the wins will start to pile up and the momentum will shift for the Lions. But let's stick on the East. Uh, Philadelphia, they, they have a lot of expectations to live up to. Yeah. Nick Sirianni proved me wrong. I was making fun of this guy for the rock, paper, scissors all offseason last year. The fact that he got them to the playoffs, they're a better coaching staff than I think so. But with great expectations... You know that's gonna come. That's gonna bring a lot of pressure. Nobody expected a lot from Coach Sirianni last year, so I'm, I am anxious to see how he responds to the world thinking that they are certainly NFC East champions, possibly NFC champions. Yeah, week one now, was a little bit weird. Yes, yes. Our our friend of the show CT always says week one is a scrimmage, and that guy knows football, and that and it's, a, it's a fantastic quote. All right, guys. Now the moment that I know both of you have been waiting for. Uh, I want to talk about the Washington Commanders. They are hosting the Jags. Am I correct in saying that? Yes. Okay, all right. They're hosting the Jags. And can I call this the return of facing the team that horrified Carson Wentz? I mean, the last time Carson Wentz faced the Jacksonville Jaguars, they eliminated him from the playoffs. And I, this is just a hot take. I don't think this is, this is fact by any means. But I think if Carson Wentz would have beat the Jags in Week 18 last year, the Colts wouldn't have kicked him out the back door. I think he's still the Indianapolis Colts quarterback. So I think Carson has a chip on his shoulder after what this team did to him. They embarrassed not just Carson Wentz, the entire Colts organization. They're over there in Indianapolis with, with Frank Reich. They, they, um, they, they run a tight ship. But I think the commanders are going to start the season off on the right foot. I think Carson with Scary Terry, with Jahan Dotson, uh, what's the status, John? Do you know of Logan Thomas? Is he going to play Week One? Uh, he's limited in practice so far. Um, on the, okay. On the injury report that was first, um, so I think he's going to be closer to a game time decision. Okay. But we'll see. Okay. Well, I, yeah, that's a big piece. Yeah, I saw it was either it was either Week One or Week Two. 
Yeah, heard, heard that. Okay. Yeah. Similar news for my guy, Michael Gallup, who we'll talk about later. Um, but I think that just the the weapons and the offensive line. I, I kind of, on our Washington Commanders team preview, I kind of clowned the Commanders offensive line. I was very surprised to see how highly ranked they are for the experts. So I think they, although may not have the big names I like to see, uh, maybe just as a group, they're above average. So I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with the respect that they're getting. You guys, of course, are going to have to rely on Antonio Gibson and one of my favorite players, uh, J.D. McKissick, at running back because you will not have Brian Robinson. Uh, of course, he was shot in an attempted robbery. Very, very scary. I'm glad that he's going to be back, hopefully, by week five or six. Um, I, we're, we're not a, a crime podcast by any means, but I wanted to give my two cents. I, I heard, actually, at the scene of the crime, Antonio Gibson was spotted not too far from there. And when the police went to go question him, he actually fumbled the gun. So, you know, a, 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 real, a real problem for Antonio. So I hope that he can solve his fumbling issues. But I even think if Antonio coughs the ball up once, I think the commanders put up enough points. I will say the commanders win this game, I think, pretty handedly. I'm going to go Washington 24, Jacksonville 13. John, how are you feeling about your squad in week one? Hey, you're, you sound a little bit more confident. Uh, I feel like I came out of the gates in the offseason confident. Um, yeah. Pretty optimistic um, for a decent season. And I feel like, I don't know if I listen to too much local Washington <laughs> yeah. Commanders radio, but um, I've come down a little bit off the high. Um, I think it's kind of crazy to say, but like in week one, I feel like the Commanders have some of the most pressure out of any team. Um, you got a name change. There's always front office drama. Uh, Chase isn't starting, and there's all kinds of these these weird question marks about whether or not you know that that situation was handled well. Um, so it's and, and obviously the Carson drama too, right? Like it's like you said, he lost in the playoffs to this team. It's like a weird revenge game right off the bat. So um, I think that when you look at the teams on paper, Washington's talent should win out. Uh, yeah. Carson is a better quarterback than we've had since Kirk Cousins, maybe maybe longer. Um, so sure. as long as he plays he plays his game well, um, he's a playmaker, and I think that he's going to try his best to make plays, sometimes to his detriment. But if Scott Turner's offense gives him enough outlets and enough weapons, which I think we have, I think he'll be okay. Um, flip that on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Cam Curl. Cam Curl. George, George is a... Uh, Man crush. Loves him. So in a ago. sling, dude. In a sling. Yeah, man. In a sling. He's got a, he's got a thumb injury. Um, he's kind of the strength of our defense, and I think he was going to be a big part of um, this kind of like two linebacker set that we're doing where they're going to use Cam Curl kind of as like a hybrid like they did Landon Collins last year. And with him not there, it does make me a little bit nervous. Um, but I think our offense this year is going to be our strength anyway. So I think we gotta, we're going to have to put some points up to win. Um I'm taking Commanders 24, uh, Jags 21. I think it's going to be a close game, but I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a better player. But I think it's uh, it's new pieces around him this year. It's new coaches. Um, that could lead to kind of just, you know, n- them not firing on all cylinders right when they come out the gates. Okay. George, and before, and before you hop in, I want to ask John something. For my fantasy guys out there, um, obviously Chase Young is out of this game. You guys have lost some depth on the defensive line. Still think it's a good defensive line because of, of the names like Deron Payne and John Allen. If I have Travis Etienne, or maybe even I'm desperate and I have to slide James Robinson into a, a two-flex league, 
do you think the Jaguars' running game can have success against Washington's defense? Um, not. I don't think in the in the standard uh, kind of like hard nose, you know, okay. um, smash mouth football kind of way. But Etienne and James Robinson both catch out of the backfield pretty well. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we talked uh, in the offseason a little bit about our question marks at linebacker. So right. I could absolutely see those guys getting involved in the pass. Uh, in the passing game. So yep. if you need to start a flex kind of play for one of those two guys, I absolutely think that'll be valuable. I think that we'll still hold up our end of the deal when it comes to the run. Um, uh-huh. But I think that we can be exploited in the past, which we did last year. Heard that. All right, go ahead, Jordan. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I agree with John. There has been an incredible amount of pessimism across a lot of local news outlets. It's funny that me and John listen to all the same ones. There's three main. <laughs> so B, there's three main podcasts. Really. I know B Mitch. Shout out to my boy B yeah. Mitch. And 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 I know John listens to a lot of B Mitch. I I listen to Locked On, and I also listen to John Kime, and then I also also listen to JP Finley. Um, and it's it's true. You know, there, there's a lot of pessimism uh, in the local media and there's a lot of pessimism in the fan base and the name change and all these things. But one thing that Ron Rivera continues to say is to to not worry about the things that are interesting and to worry about the things that are important. And, uh-huh. and that's and that's creating an identity for the commanders. And I think that starts with the captains and the leadership with Terry McLaurin, with with John Allen, um, you know, with Tressway. Uh, there, there is some leaders in that locker room, and, and there's a lot of young kids in that locker room, and we have to coach them up. We have to create an identity for ourselves. If we're not worried about losing, if we're not extremely upset to lose this football game and to go out there and show that fan base that we're for real and, and we're going to continue the legacy of the Washington Redskins, I am worried about that. But if that happens and they get the W in this game, that's going to give us a little bit more oomph to the next week. And I think it's extremely important that we win this game. I think that it's a, it's a great possibility when we can, our personnel is better than their personnel. As far as skill, skilled position wise, we're better, but I will say, dude, the Jags defense could be squatted this year, bro. Mm -hmm. I Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, the other Devin Lloyd. That was a steal, Ooh, from, in my opinion. Forgot about him. You Trayvon, Trayvon Walker, an absolute yeah. monster. Number one overall pick. But I will say, Trayvon Walker, very long. Montez Sweat, very long. So I'm not as worried as as much as Charles Leno is a, a little bit of a veteran, an older older guy. He's mm-hmm. dealing with Montez Sweat on a daily basis. So sure. I, I am looking forward to see that particular matchup and to see kind of where our O-line faces against against their uh, their tough D-line. But as long as Carson kind of just manages the game, doesn't make too many mistakes, and allows our defense to eat a little bit, I think we're going to be safe in this game. I think that, you know, Trevor Lawrence is, is still fairly new quarterback. I think he's going to get a little better this year. But I don't, I'm not scared of their running game, to be honest with you. Um, so, again, we have to win week one with this new name change. It's got to happen. You know, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz left about the same time, so I know there's still a relationship there. Looking forward to see pregame if they give hugs or what have you. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I'll be curious for this game. It's going to be a very interesting game uh, in the East. One of the more interesting games, to be honest with you. I know it doesn't look like that on paper, but yeah. it might be. So, yeah, I'm going to take us. I'm going to take us 26-20. to 20. John, did you give a score on this game? 
Yeah, I said 24-21. 24-21, George has 26-20. Okay, very, very good. And in any case, um, this is this is a little off topic, but Stefan Diggs just caught his first pass of the season. We are officially underway, guys. Football is back, Hell so yeah. I love it. Uh, something I wanted to mention in this game before we go on to our third NFC East game, uh, Doug Peterson is the coach of the Jaguars, who, very familiar, uh, won a Super Bowl for the NFC East. Uh, obviously, the Philadelphia Eagles won an only Super Bowl, so... That's a good coach, so I do expect, much like the Lions, if the Lions can't get a victory week one against the Eagles, if the Jaguars can't get a victory week one against the Commanders, I think Jacksonville will get better as the year goes on because they have the right guy at the helm. Urban Meyer's not out there finger-banging co-eds, so I think that their heads will be in the right place. So I think the Jags could be a maybe six- or seven-win team, respectable. But let's go to the third of four games. And this is the New York football giants traveling to Music City to battle King Henry and the Titans. This is a tough way for the Brian Dable era to begin for the New York Giants. I really like what they did in the offseason. They started with Joe Shane, general manager, got him from Buffalo. They got Brian Dable, offensive coordinator, from Buffalo. They're doing everything they can to make sure that Daniel Jones has a decent fourth year. They did not pick up the fifth-year option on him, so this is all on Daniel Jones. The pressure is on. But this Giants coaching staff impresses me. Although I do see Derrick Henry having a successful day running the football just because, God damn it, he's Derrick Henry, and that's what he does, uh, the Giants' new offensive coordinator is Wink Martindale. They brought him over from the Ravens. Defensive. defensive. Thank you, John. Uh, I apologize. Uh, they brought him over from the Ravens. Do you guys know anything about the Ravens? They play defense. Wink Martindale will bring multiple looks to Ryan Tannehill. I believe that they may confuse this Tennessee passing game. Remember, Tennessee does not have A.J. Brown, who is now in the NFC East. They're going to be depending on Robert Woods, a aging veteran wide receiver coming off of a serious injury, and a rookie, Traylon Burks, out of Arkansas. So I think that Tennessee passing game is going to be less than potent, should we say, at the least. I think the Titans are going to have to lean on the run. Uh, but this Giants defense, they are going to be without Kayvon Thibodeau. John let me know before the pod it was Thaddeus Moss. Thanks a lot for that, Randy. Uh, that actually <laughs> gave <laughs> gave a cheap shot to Kayvon. This is the Giants' first-round pick out of Oregon. Kid's going to be an absolute stud. But he and fellow pass rusher Aziz Ojulari, who was a rookie last year out of Georgia, he flashed and had, I think, six, seven sacks. I think he was actually second among rookies behind my guy 11 from heaven, Micah Parsons. So they're going to be without um, some potent pass rushers. So that's really going to hurt that Giants defense. On the other side of the ball, I know we're all going to be looking at Saquon Barkley, guys. Coming back off of an injury, I even used the B word, B-U-S-T, last year a couple times on Saquon. I don't know if I may have been uh, being a little bombastic in saying that. But the pressure is on Saquon Barkley. But what I do like for Saquon is the rebuilt offensive line. Andrew Thomas, the left tackle, has shown great, great promise. I thought he was going to be, uh, after his first season, I thought he was going to be a bust. But he's really rebounded. Uh, their other first-round pick, other than Thibodeau, was uh, Evan Neal out of Alabama. So that solidifies the right tackle. So that's really going to help not only Saquon, but certainly Daniel Jones. I think a lot of the pressure, now that the offensive line has been solidified, they also signed Mark Glowinski, came over from Buffalo. It seemed like the Giants pretty much stole half of Buffalo's front office and coaching staff. Uh, they are going to be dependent on these pass catchers. Kenny Galladay has not lived up to that big money contract that they gave him. Sterling oh. Shepard, a guy who's always been hot and cold in his career. 
what is Kadarius Tony? We saw him have, I think, 12 or 13 catches in the game last year, but then he was hot and cold. I think he punched somebody, then got COVID. He had a real, real roller coaster of a season. Uh, they, they drafted a kid very interesting. I believe his name is Wandale Robinson. He's 5'6", maybe, if anything. Started his college career in Nebraska, transferred to, oh, I'm drawing a blank now. Kentucky, I believe. Transferred to Kentucky. He is a speedy, shifty playmaker. So Daniel Jones does have some weapons. Don't think it's going to be enough, though, against the Titans. I think the Giants take a big leap forward this year. I do still think they're the worst team in the division, but I think they're going to get more wins than they did last year. Just don't think they're going to find it right here, guys. Derrick Henry is coming off of a broken foot. Buffalo Bills just scored the first touchdown of the NFL season. Shout out to everyone who has Gabe Davis on their fantasy team. But, oh, man, super uh, happy. Uh, remember, George, you had mentioned uh, we were on a delay, right? So uh, thanks for that one, Brian. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate that, bro. <laughs> yep, love you guys. <laughs> but oh, I just okay. think I just think that King Henry is going to be motivated coming off of that broken foot. I think he was on pace to like break the NFL rushing record last year. I give Der- I give me Derrick Henry for 120 plus yards rushing. Give me the Titans in a close win. I'll go Tennessee 23 to 17. George, how do you think the Giants start off this football year? Yeah, man, I, I think this could be interesting, right? I mean, I think the Giants fans are out there looking for something different, and I don't know if they expect it, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I look at these DBs. I don't even know the guys' names. I look at, you know, the receivers, uh, you know, making a lot of money but not doing much. Like you said, Kenny Galladay. Yeah. I think this at the end of the day, it's, it's Daniel Jones and against the world, really. Um, I think if he sure. doesn't prove it in the first six weeks, he's out of there. To be honest with you, I think we're I think we're just tired of him. And I don't think Ro- you know Robert Woods isn't very healthy for the Titans, but no. I still think they're just going to be able to run the ball with Derrick Henry. Um, I see that defense stepping up. I do see Saquon trying to have a breakout, maybe having you know 120 yards and a touchdown. But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this short. I'm gonna go Titans 30 to 19. Ooh, pretty dominant there. All right, yeah. John, how about you? I think they control the clock the entire time, essentially. That's what they do with the running game. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. I think all three of us have very similar takes. Brian, you said that you uh, you mentioned something basically along the lines of the Giants struggling to find their identity. That's what I yes. wrote down. I think they're going to struggle offensively and defensively. I know Wink is now the defensive guy. He's definitely got the, the hype. He's definitely got the, the cred. He's got a nickname, but, um, bro. That's all he's got. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's been responsible for some really good defenses. No, but for sure. They, yeah, but they sure. lost a ton on defense. Bradbury's not there anymore. Kayvon's not playing. Blake Martinez, who, say what you will about his performance, I guess, recently with the ACL tear and all that stuff factored in. He was like, a who is, linebacker. Real quick, who is Aaron Robinson and Julian Love? That's the starting corners for the Giants. That's not good. It's not good. It's not good. And and as as George just said, uh, you know Derrick Henry runs the ball like a monster. They're going to control the clock. The Giants have worse linebackers than the Commanders, which is it's really hard. Hard. unbelievable, <laughs> hard to do. Dude, don't so, you find it's odd that they didn't pick up um, the linebacker from uh, what's his face, John, the, from the Giants that just got dropped, the cut cut. Blake Martinez. Blake, Mart- Blake yes, Martinez. So Did he get picked up yet? I don't think yeah, so. I don't think he has yet. I'm uh, surprised yeah. that Washington didn't pick him up because he was. Coming again, he's coming off an ACL tear. Yeah, um, right. So you worry, right? But but his track record with with the Packers was good. I mean, he was by all means a, a successful inside linebacker. I think he um, led the league but, in tackles one year. 
<clears throat> yeah, I think they had a. Um, I think he 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 was always up there at least when he was with the Packers. Yeah. Um, on on tackle count, but they had some sort of, you know, uh, philo- philosophical differences. I guess they parted ways amicably. Um, the other take, obviously, Brian, you you were saying all eyes are on Saquon. Um, I think he's going to be the bright spot this year. I think it's flipped from what it's been in the past, where he ends up getting hurt and and he's the reason the offense struggles. I think he's going to be the bright spot while Jones figures out whatever this new offense is going to be for him. Um, I'm taking the Titans to win 20, Giants 13. 20 to 13. Okay, so yeah, we're all unanimous. I think we've all been unanimous other than John taking uh, the Lions uh, in the upset, which I love. I love that pick. And I, I agree with the identity, oh. honestly, just because now that I think about it, they, they are – kind of refusing to go with those veteran guys to let the the younger players play. So maybe yeah. they understand that this is a building year for them and they're uh-huh. only going to progress a, a, as long as they play these young players. So that's that's a really good point. Yeah, I think it's a building year for the entire Giants organization other than Daniel Jones. It's like I feel like everyone in New York can kind of rest on their laurels knowing like, oh, this is Coach Dable's first year, but Daniel Jones is like, Jesus Christ, like I don't have my option. Like you said, George, like by week five, Tyrod Taylor might be the starting Tyrod, quarterback, maybe. so it's like yeah. there's no there's no pressure on anybody other than Danny Dimes, and this isn't the week to do it. I can see eventually this offense getting their legs because Dable is that good of a coach, but Jeffrey Simmons is one of the best uh, interior linemen in the league, uh, and if you know anything about Mike Vrabel, the Tennessee Titans coach, you know he's been he's been a, a monster ever since he was a Patriots linebacker. He's carried that attitude over to being uh, I would say a top ten NFL coach. Um, he, he's he's got a they're lot the of more ones, right? Last year in the they NBA. were they were the number one. That's a good call. Say what you want to say about it, but they were the number one seed. No, the guy wins football games, and I know he commands the respect of that locker room. So we're we're all on the Titans to get that Week One victory. All right, guys, the moment I know that I've been waiting for Sunday Night Football, where Tom Brady and the Buccaneers will ascend and Jerry's World to face my Dallas Cowboys. This is a rematch of last year's opening kickoff Thursday game where Ryan Suckup broke my heart as he kicked a field goal to beat my Cowboys. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers won in Raymond James Stadium 31-29. to It was a great game. Of course, we scored. We gave Tom like a minute, 30 seconds, like, you know, the awful decisions that we make. And and Tom Brady, for his 8,000th, you know, career fourth quarter comeback, stabbed me right in the heart. Uh, so that, that was a little brutal. Uh, I'm going to hold my opinions on this game. We're going to bring in Jay Ludge in just a minute. George, can you start us off? And then, and then John, you guys talk about this game, and then I want to debate Ludge on uh, uh, some heated topics. Yeah, man. Um, I honestly think this is a pretty good matchup uh, for the boys. And I think there was a reason why the game was pretty close last year. I I think that where the Cowboys shine, the Buccaneers have a little bit of weakness. And I'm talking about the receivers of the Cowboys and the defensive backs 
of the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I think the Bucks front seven is solid. I, 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 and, I, and I see Ludge shaking his head right now, and it's driving me nuts, dude. Uh, I'll, <laughs> um, and, and I think their front seven is their strength. I really do. I think the front seven of the Buccaneers, I don't think Zeke is going to get a ton out of it, out of this game. I think Tony, yeah. Tony Pollard um, you know, might get six or seven receptions because there, there will be a good, a, a good amount of checkdowns. I, I, I really don't want Dak to get too greedy here. I think there's going to be a lot of seven, eight-yard drag routes that are open. And as long as he continues to take those and doesn't try to go too big, and again, uh, the defense from the Cowboys kind of just plays rock solid and, and, and doesn't get too greedy, which they're very known to do, I think this is a closer game than a lot of people think. I'm going to go ahead and say 27 to 21, and I'm going to go Buccaneers. You're you're right on par with Vegas on that, George. The Bucks are two and a half point favorites right now. So uh, so you know you got the Cowboys pushing that two and a half just barely. But I like is this. Being, is this? I'm sorry. Is this played in Dallas? Oh yeah, Jerry's. Oh, Burrow, I'm gonna I'm gonna go 24-27. So you got the Bucks by a field goal. By a field goal. Okay. <laughs> what about you, John? Um, dang. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't. I had that backwards uh, on my own too. I thought this was at Bucks, but. Honestly, that doesn't necessarily change my pick here. Um, Surprisingly, somehow, I don't know, Tom is going to end up with another chip on his shoulder now with all these (laughs) random off-season questions about (laughs) whether or not he's checked in or whether or not he's, you know, he's all in for this season. He's doing stem cells, bro. We all know it. It's like, uh, whatever, dude. He's Tom Brady. He's going to come back now. He's got something else to be pissed off about. So congratulations, NFL media. Um, all of his pieces are back. He's going to have Chris Godwin um, all in for week one there. Chris Godwin came back from his ACL issue. He's got Mike. Um, you know, he's got Lenny. who No Gronk. Reported, reportedly was fat. But, yeah, but you replaced Gronk with – sorry, Lenny supposedly was fat. but came. Lenny out, can get fat camp. quick, though. He can get fat he by week out, six. He came out, yeah, he came, out of, he came out of camp supposedly leaning down. He's got, he's yeah, got a lot of patty the batty in his DNA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He takes the offseason very seriously. Uh, no, and, and so you just mentioned no Gronk, right? But you, you've, you slip in a Julio Jones uh, even, yeah. in, even in his later years. He's just going to be a target monster in the red zone. I mean, I think, like I said, you give Tom another chip on his shoulder, they're going to come out firing. He's going to be pissed off that there were any questions whatsoever about his ability to play football. Um, I think that I'm going to actually go a little bit opposite of George, and I was laughing when when Lutz was shaking his head because I'm sure he's got the same thing to say. I think CD's probably going to have a very big game um, because they're going to be trailing, and and Dak's going to be trying to make some magic happen. Um, but otherwise, I think Dak, Dak will be okay, um, but I think ultimately they're, they're going to lose uh, this game just because of the talent depletion that we talked about in the offseason. Um, they're going to still be trying to figure out what makes this offense tick, um, and I think that the Bucks are just too good of a team on paper. Uh, and I, like I said, I think with, with Tom coming in with another chip on his shoulder, I'm going Bucks 34, Cowboys 24. Ooh. Okay. All right. Well, let me let me bring him in. This this guy has been an amazing contributor to the show. We we sure do love him a lot. He's been a winning better each of the first two seasons on the NFC East, which is not an easy thing to do in this topsy turvy division. But before he gives us his picks, he's going to debate me, our favorite Bucks fan, Jeff Lovell. Welcome back to the NFC East, my friend. 
Hey, appreciate the uh, the introduction. Being glad to be back. Uh, missed the NFC East feast, boys. Opening night. Let's go. Oh. I already see Josh Allen through for a touchdown. They look That's good. The Bills. Yep. I mean, that guy's unbelievable. He's really taking there, big hits. You look good. Can't Thanks, George. Like Thanks. Anyway, right, no. Let's, uh, let's give it to me straight. Well, how's this game gonna go? I really, actually. Um, George, I respect your opinion, man. I mean, you, you got Tampa winning. I, I disagree with you. Uh, I disagree with you on, on Tampa's um, backfield a little bit. Really? I, I, I'm with you. Like, I think CeeDee Lamb will get his. He's going to be a PPR guy. He's going to get his catches. Prescott's going to get his yards. But, but Lutz, um, is there a weakness on the Bucks? If there was a weakness on the Bucks, where would you, what position group would you say the weakness is in? in interior O-line, probably oh, yeah. right now. Okay. I'm about okay. to attack that uh, myself. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> But, I mean, when it comes to Tom Brady, though, he just gets the ball out so quick, man. Like, even with – if we can get halfway decent play out of our interior line, I think we're still we're still going to score points. So, uh, long story short, no, uh, John, I actually agree with you big time, man. Um, you, you're right. I think this whole media coverage around Tom is not good for the Cowboys, dude. When this kind of shit happens to him, you know it. He comes out and he slings, and I think he's going to make a statement this game. I know um, it's in Dallas. I, I know it's in Dallas, and um, I'll just give this pick. I'm going to do my three other picks, you know, as we get into it. But yeah. as we're on this topic, I'll give my pick. I am. I'm taking the Bucks um, by ten points as well. I got it, thirty-eight twenty-eight. Uh, Bucks minus two and a half. You Woo! are so fire, damn fire the goddamn oh, canyons. Yeah, yeah. disrespectful. And, and George, this will make you happy too. Uh, the Bucks did sign your boy Russell Gage. Oh, hey. oh Mr. Gage, Gage. That's an underrated weapon that Tom will use. That's a nice last year, slot. last I'm year, sure, I'm sure he's low. wearing number forty-seven. <laughs> Last year, Luds, I think you came on here and disrespected my Cowboys and said that you were going to beat us 31 to 10. And we ended up surprising a lot of people, and we we only lost 31 to 29. I sound like Ooh. a real loser when I say we only lost by because we we did lose. This year, I'm expecting a different kind of game, Luds. I am concerned about your guard, center guard. I know that you got Shaq Mason, that guy that he's a proven commodity from what he did in New England. But we all know that Tom Brady does not like people at his feet. And that was 33-year-old Tom Brady. I don't know about 45-year-old Tom Brady. I talked about him before. I call him 11 from heaven. The Lion, Micah Parsons. Dan Quinn, who should be my head coach, by the way, is going to line up Micah Parsons like a chess piece. He's going to start right here over your weak left guard and see how that works out. Then he's going to go over your weak center, see how that works out. Then we'll flip over to your weak right guard, and we're going to tinker with that defense and see where Micah can get pressure. And just when you double Micah, I like Dante Fowler. I like Demarcus Lawrence. I like this defense. I know it's crazy as a Cowboys fan. I'm not going to tell you about all my offensive weapons because there's not a lot there. I think Trayvon Diggs is overrated. Let's just be honest. He's not going to have 11 interceptions. He might have five or six. But he will get beat for a deep touchdown in this game. We know that. I'll take but the over think- on that. <laughs> I, I think the rest of my defensive backs when we rotate in safeties J. Ron Curse, Malik Hooker and Donovan Wilson I think that is an above average group of safeties we've got my boy Kelvin Joseph aka Bossman Fat we also have Jordan Lewis a quality slot corner and we have Anthony Brown much maligned by me but he did have two pick sixes last year so he is another guy like Trayvon Diggs who's willing to gamble but he will uh, make a break on the ball 
My linebackers. I told you we signed Anthony Barr, a four-time Pro Bowler from Minnesota. We still have Leighton Vanderesh. What that does with Leighton Vanderesh and Anthony Barr, that lets Micah Parsons be a true chess piece, as I described earlier. He might drop back because he can certainly cover Leonard Fournette's fat ass out of the backfield, but he might rush the passer as well. I think this defense is going to be problems for the Bucks. Therefore, I see this being a much lower scoring game than last year. I'll hold my final score for now, and I'll also hold my optimism because I'm about to talk about the offense. I'm very concerned here, fellas. John talked about earlier that you know that what tick what keeps the Cowboys ticking, their secret sauce, if you will. And unfortunately, if you look at Dak Prescott's career, a lot of that was centered around left tackle Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith is out in this game. Not only is he out in this game, he's out most of the season. I think he might be out for his career. I, I, I question if he will come back from such a serious injury at this point in his career. But we're starting Tyler Smith, a rookie who Mel Kuyper called a penalty waiting to happen, who he said was the biggest reach of the first round. This is the guy we're starting at left tackle against a ferocious front seven. And don't worry. We signed Jason Peters, a 40-year-old. Just in case, if and when Tyler Smith struggles, we've got 40-year-old Jason Peters. So I'm concerned about the left side of the offensive line. I'm concerned about the whole offensive line, to be honest with you. What I would like to see happen is us establish a running game. I don't think this is the week, though. Um, I, but what we have to do is remain honest. I think Dak Prescott threw 58 passes last year. If Dak throws 58 passes, we are going to lose. What was your score, Luds? 38 to, to 28? 38-28. Yeah. yeah, we are going to lose 38 to 28. And most likely you guys are going to be up 38 to 10, and those are going to be garbage points at the end. We have to keep the defense honest. Whether that is with, you know, um, the Washington Commanders like to use J.D. McKissick, I think, as an, an extension of the running game with his short passes. Maybe Tony Pollard can play that role. I hope Tony Pollard lines up a lot in the slot because C.D. Lamb is probably going to be guarded, Luds, would you say, by Carlton Davis? Is that your number one corner? Yep, yep. Yeah, he's a quality corner. As much as George was kind of shitting on your DBs, Carlton Davis and those gold teeth really know how to play ball. So, let, me, let, me, let me jump real quick. Real quick. Real quick. Carlton Davis, you got Jamel Dean, you got Murphy Bunting, you got we signed Logan Ryan. My bad, bro. I forgot about Murphy Bunting, dude. My bad. <laughs> we, signed, we signed Logan Ryan. We signed Keanu O'Neal. We got Antoine Winfield. Logan Ryan. Dude, our, our safeties are money. Our safeties Bro. are money. We got one quality corner. Best. Yeah. We got yeah. one quality corner. I'm just saying, man. I think uh, and you know, adding Shaq Barrett on that 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 line, man, tack, coming after that that rookie tackle. You're talking about our O line. You're you're dissing your O line the last five minutes. <laughs> Thirty-eight twenty-eight, buddy. All right, I'm really. sorry. The only way to attack is 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 through the air. That's why I was saying, Luds. I'm not saying that your DBs are horrible. Right. I'm just right. saying your front seven is one of the best in the league. That's all. Right. George yeah. is saying, I mean, which, which, yeah, yeah. probably the truth. Like I said, I think Speedy Lamb's definitely going to get his yards. I mean, I can see him getting seven to ten catches, a buck ten. You know, I, he may get in for a score. He, oh, you mean butter fingers? Are you keep it competitive, but butter fingers, butter fingers, butter butter does But go ahead, Dion. Oh. Sorry. No, no, Sorry, you're good. You're good. You're good. Yeah. No, no, this is fun. Um, let's. I want to talk about my other weapons other than C.D. Lamb. Uh, Michael Gallup has practiced in back-to-back days. However, much like Logan Thomas, I think they're preparing him for a week to return. I don't think they're going to rush him back. Um, so I'm just going to consider him out for this game. 
which means I'm going to be depending on a third-round rookie from South Alabama named Jalen Tolbert, who by all accounts has not had the best training camp. Uh, so when we got him and Noah Brown, I, I just don't see those guys having success, even against a Murphy Bunting or a Jamel Dean. Something I do want to see the Cowboys stick to this week, obviously this will be part of the running game, is two tight end sets with Dalton Schultz and Ferguson, a rookie we drafted out of Wisconsin. Ferguson loves to block. So not only is that a six offensive lineman, the plays where he chooses to block and then release, something, George, I know you did as a tight end for the Spongers back in the day, I can see him getting some decent one-on-one matchups against these Buccaneers linebackers. So I think a key to success in the Cowboys pulling off an upset because I do have my Dallas Cowboys winning on a late Brett Maher field goal. Dallas Cowboys 26 Buccaneers 24. Book it. Book it, baby. Book it. The Lone Wolf is in the house. But that's probably just me being a homer. But either way, guys, I know that we're all going to be glued to the TV at 1 o'clock Eastern to watch the Commanders and the Eagles. 4.15 to watch the Giants. And obviously, we're going to end up on Sunday Night Football with the Cowboys and the Bucks. But right now, we're all looking forward to... Luds has already given us. Uh, obviously, he's taking minus two and a half with his Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Luds, run us down the rest of your East picks. Hey, real quick, uh, do you by chance have my record from last season, B? Do you have it written down anywhere? I, I, don't, but I know that you were just I was above winning. five. You're you were above five hundred by, 500. by by like two, oh, I think two it, games. It, I think I might have been two or three games. Oh, yeah, oh my bad, five. bro. <laughs> you were <laughs> winning hey, better. Hey. hey. You guys know it. B admits it. This division's tough, man. You never it's fucking tough. know it's with tough. this. Yeah. All right. So which game you guys want me? What, what do you want first? What Start do you want off first? with Lions, Lions, Eagles. All right. So I got my notes, so I apologize if I'm looking down. Anyways. No, do your thing. All right. So we got uh, Philly at Detroit. Philly's uh, favorite minus four. Um, so... Uh, let's see. So this, you know, the Hard Rocks has not, or Hard Knocks has nothing to do with this, guys. I think uh, I watched maybe 15 minutes of it this year, um, but I I do know the lines are much improved. Um, you know, adding Hutchinson in the draft, adding uh, DJ Chark to the to the receiver room with St. Brown. I know you guys were mentioning him earlier. Very talented receiver. Uh, could be pretty good in fantasy. You know, um, he definitely. And then you get Rocks. Swift. No, no. I mean, they they got a strong strong O line. Everybody knows their O-line's been getting built over the years. They're very strong on the O-line. I think Swift has a pretty good year if he can stay healthy. You know, he's an agile back that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, They got a dangerous little team, man. And, um, you know, last year, if you guys paid attention, they played a lot of close games. They lost a lot of one-score games, some field goal games. Um, Lions last year, I got this stat, 6-2 and against the spread. Last nice. year as home as home underdogs, home six dogs, and two. Baby. Great yeah. stat. So uh, I mean, we all know they only won three games last year, but home underdogs six and two against the spread. I like that. I'm going Detroit plus four, but I do have the Eagles squeaking it out, 27-24. Eagles are very talented. I like the receivers they added. Um, well, maybe receivers. I know they just got rid of Jalen Rager, but they got you know AJ Brown. Addition uh, by subtraction. Yeah, exactly. No, but I I think Jalen Hurts, we'll see. That's what I'm going to say on him. It's early. We'll see. Um, I mean, I watched a lot of his games last year, and there were some throws that just had me scratching my head. Like, where's the guy throwing the ball? You know, I know we know he can run. Um, So we'll see. We'll see what kind of leader he is. 
this is his big year. I, this is his make or break year. I think obviously the Eagles will will ditch him if it doesn't work out. So yeah, damn. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, they're the, the you know the Eagles fans. They ain't gonna tolerate that. They don't play. All right, this year. got Lions <laughs> yeah. plus four. So how how you feeling about Jags and Commanders? I believe Washington's minus two and a half. Yeah. So yeah, Washington's at home, favored two and a half. You know, Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz uh, matchup here. Yep. You know, Doug P- Peterson taking over the Jags team. He knows Carson Wentz pretty well. Uh, you know, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how that game plays out, you know, how Doug Peterson has this team going up against Wentz. So, uh, you know, on the road last year, Jacksonville covered the fewest spreads, 25% of their spreads on the road. Um you know, then again, they still only won two or three games, so that tells you that tells you a lot right there. You know, so so if this game was in Jacksonville, honestly, I think I would take the Jags, just wow. because the spread is so close. I mean, it's within a it's within a field goal, guys. Two and a half points. It's week one. Um, oh, this isn't know, the surprise. Be most of yeah. the people are taking the Jags in this game. Yeah, yeah. Plus two and a half. Not. Jags yeah. with yeah. points. Yeah, people believe in Trevor Lawrence, man. I mean the. The kid's talented. Um, I think. I think. I think a lot of people are sleeping on the Jags. I think they'll be much improved this year. I'm not talking a playoff team or anything like that, but I can see them jumping a five six, six wins. wins. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, I think. Uh, like I said, I think if it was at home, I think I'd take the spread with Jacksonville. But I am gonna take uh, the Commanders minus two and a half. I got them squeaking it out, 24-21. I think it's a competitive game. I want to see uh, the Commanders be able to run the ball. You know, it's early. I don't want to see Wentz have to throw it so many times. Let's, let's establish a good run early, especially at home, get the crowd into it. And, yeah, I think they win a close one. Okay, Luz, before you get – Nice running game going with no fumbles from Antonio Gibson. <laughs> right. Before you get into your Giants hey, pick, um, we, quick, failed, we failed – J.D. McKissick, man. J.D. McKissick. Feed him the ball. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. I like J.D. J.D., especially in a PPR format. We failed to mention, guys, this is a Brandon Sheriff revenge game. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. Brandon know, Sheriff got... doesn't care about anything, to be honest with you. you know his personality. He's, uh, he, he cares about cashing those goddamn checks over there on the east yeah. coast of Florida. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Let's see how he. Let's see how he cares about John Allen. Yeah, you're right. Ooh, I like Allen. that. I'd like to see that matchup. I really yeah. would. That would be a great matchup. I'm, I'm stoked yeah. on that. All right, let's finish us up in the East. We got the Titans minus five and a half against the Football Giants. So I didn't hear your guys' take on this. I mean, what what uh, what are your guys feeling on the Giants? As a quick summary, I mean, you guys thinking they're improved this year? Improved, I mean, but still the worst team in the division. Struggling, <laughs> struggling with identity was a, definitely a key factor. Yeah, there. Right. I think all right. of us are, are worried about how they how they yeah. figure out or find themselves throughout the year. Very young right. team. Very very young team. I do like the new the new hire man. I like Brian Dable a lot. Yeah. I think uh, I think he's going to bring some energy to that team. But, uh, you know, as long as Daniel Jones is leading that offense, I don't see him winning much games. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm not a Daniel Jones believer. I think yeah, I've seen enough of the guy. I've seen enough of the guy, man. Um, so, yeah. So, anyways, Tennessee is a five-and-a-half-point uh, favorite in this game at home um, for good reason, guys. I mean, this team's gone 23-10 and 10 the last two seasons. They're a run-first offense. Uh, they like to run the ball down your throat. Uh, you know, losing AJ Brown hurts, but you know they still have a serviceable receiver uh, with Robert Woods. Oh yeah, coming off a knee injury, but coming he's, off a, he's a good, he's a vet, yeah. he's a vet. But uh, I think you know pairing him with the rookie Trey Burks, you know I'm sure Trey's probably getting some good pointers from Robert Woods. Probably you know learning from a vet like that I think helps. So Swallow you know I, I 
Yeah, I, I am. I am. I'm taking Tennessee minus five and a half. You know, week one, you're facing a tough running offense. You know, Derrick Henry's fresh. I think he's, you know, up to the point maybe he gets necked up later in the season, could get hurt. But, the, you know, as many times as they feed that guy. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's early in the season, man. They're at home. I'm taking uh, Tennessee 27-19. Um, you know, I, I think at some point in the season that there will be some games I pick the Giants, maybe a sneaky win here and there. But I just don't see them being a very good team. I don't believe in Saquon Barkley. Um, you know, their defense has improved. I think they shirt up their O-line a little bit. So I think Daniel Jones may have a little more time to throw the ball this year. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see much out of the Giants this season, boys. Okay, so to recap, you're swallowing with the Titans. You're swallowing with the Commanders. You're pushing. You got Detroit plus four, and of course, you're swallowing with your hometown Buccaneers. Luz, do you have a bonus treat for us to end the show? I do, boys. I, I yes. think I'm going to think I'm going to continue the tradition. Last year, I think I actually had a winning record. Or no, I think I broke even. I think I broke yeah, even on the upset parlay. Um, but yeah, so my two picks this week. Week one's a crapshoot, guys. I I, I think um, these could be two solid picks though for where the spreads are at. I'm taking the Las Vegas Raiders over the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Chargers are favored by three. I like the Raiders this year, guys. Uh, I think, man, you got Devontae Adams in that offense now, Darren Waller, uh, Josh Jacobs. He's a serviceable back. Uh, Max Crosby on the D-line. Chandler Jones joined the team. Uh, Chargers are good. Don't get me wrong. Herbert's going to get his points. I think it it will be high scoring. Uh, But honestly, I got the Raiders 35-34, man. I think they squeak it out. I really do. I like and then um, for my to parlay that with another upset pick, uh, I like the Vikings over the Green Bay Packers. Nice. Uh, nice. Much like the Giants, I think the Packers are sort of finding their identity. I mean, Rodgers is a good quarterback. I don't think he's going to turn the ball over, but I think the receivers are going to make quite a few mistakes, and it's going to make him look bad. Yeah. And, you know, the, the running back, Aaron Jones, he's getting a little up there. He's been in the league a little bit now. I don't, don't try to, dude, that Minnesota team is good, man. I think they, they underachieved last year. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, we all know he's not a big game guy, but this is yeah. week one. They're at home. Um, give me the Vikings, man. Uh, Green Bay's favored one and a half. I, like I mean, take take the Raiders, take the Vikings this week, man. Throw, throw 10, throw 20 bucks on it, like I always say. Try to, you know make some good money on it and you never know so anyways i wish everybody luck yeah i wish everybody luck and uh no i appreciate you guys having me on again this year john welcome to the show uh i think that's so cool that your your friend you know came up and mentioned that he was a listener how random man you know so we appreciate our listeners george uh love love you man glad you're glad to talk to you again see you again and wish luck to the to the commanders john good luck to commanders be good luck to the boys, except yeah. for and uh, let's go, baby. <laughs> you know. <laughs> any any final thoughts, George or John? Man, I think I think week one is just going to be a great. Uh, it's going to be a great tone setting week for the for the uh, the NFC East. I think if the Eagles are who everyone says they are, I'm just wishfully thinking, and they should come out and and rock the Lions, yes. the Commanders. Uh, again, if we think that we're building on anything, we shouldn't have any struggles with the Jags. If we make it a close game, there's going to be questions. If we lose, there's absolutely going to be questions. Yes. Uh, the Giants, they got something to prove. I think ultimately they are who we think they are. And uh, and B, 12-5 and five last year. That's a record, man. Yes. Put up or shut up. Let's go, Cowboys.
Let's go. I'm excited, man. I really am. I'm, I'm so thankful, everyone, all you listeners out there. So thankful you guys are still with us and tuning in. And uh, yeah, man, I think this for everybody, regardless if you're an NFC East fan or an AFC West fan, we're all we're, we're in optimism mode. Let's be real. We're all optimistic. This is the part of the year where, you know, this this might happen. And we're, we're trying to almost protect ourselves from getting too optimistic. And we always have these feelings. And, and that's when you know you really care about the game of football. And uh, I just so just so happy to be doing this with all you guys. I really am. Likewise, uh, the NFL sells hope, and I know we're all buying that shit right now. So uh, we appreciate everyone listening to the NFC East. Peace.